0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sidious Mag podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. Our guests sit down and open up in depth to share their experiences, brilliant insights, and vivid snapshots from their professional and personal accomplishments within the sport. This podcast is brought to you by V.02, a coaching app based on the science of legendary coach Jack Daniels. High schools, clubs, and universities from all over the world are having great success using VDOT. Since 2017, Marietta High School in Georgia has won a combined nine 7A state titles in cross country. Their coach, Jack Coleman, had the following to say about VDOT 2 The features of VDOT 2 are exactly what I need as a coach. The ability to create group training plans that are individually personalized within each group is my favorite feature. VDOT is offering 20% off their coaching subscription using the code SidiousMag. Download VDOT02 in the app stores or visit VDOT02 to start your 30 day free trial. Athletes without a coach can also use the same code to try out their fully automated VDOT adaptive trainer and sync to an Apple Watch, Coros, or Garmin. Leverage the world famous VDOT formulas and take your running to the next level with VDOT02. My guest for today's episode is Florida's Parker Valby. She just won the 2023 NCAA Cross Country Individual Championship title after a runner-up finish behind NC State's Caitlin Tui in 2022. She wrapped up an undefeated 4-0 season that included wins at the Nutty Comb Invitational, the SEC Championships, and the NCAA South Regional before winning it all in Charlottesville just nine days ago. She dominated the race and covered the 6K course in 18 minutes and 55 seconds to win by just over 10 seconds. Parker's also the NCAA Outdoor 5K champion and owns a personal best of 1520 for 5,000 meters and 849 for 3K. She has drawn a bunch of attention to her training methods after telling the media that she only runs two to three days a week while cross-training a lot in between, so we dive into that and clarify a bit on her training. We discuss what's got her excited for track season, and we answer a few of your listener questions that were submitted via Instagram. So without further ado, here is Parker Valby. All right, and now we welcome on two-time NCAA champion, Parker Valby. Like, have you gotten used to that? It hasn't even been 10 days, and you've got a two now in front of number of NCAA titles you've got. It's also like this weird time where it's like you, you come off this huge high to close out a season. Thanksgiving happens, and then after that, it's like, oh, wait, I've got an indoor race like two weeks later. So how have the past 10 days been?
1: honestly very chaotic and like you said yeah i don't think it's sunk in just quite yet um still wasn't really quite sure if i was doing boston or not so we were just taking it day by day and eventually decided I'm just gonna go get a qualifier for nationals
0: so the last time people saw you was obviously you know on the tv after during the race broadcast The interview afterwards So I'm curious, like, where do things go from there? The broadcast ends, you get to go reunite with your team. What's that celebration like after you win the cross country title?
1: Um, It was really surreal. And honestly, just honestly, more proud of my team for placing fifth. And like, it was just awesome going from last year, not having a team at all to this year, our team placing fifth. It was just like, awesome. Awesome.
0: How cool, I guess, was that? Because it's like, if you went back 12 months when you were at Nationals, like you were there by yourself, then you have like these, a coaching change, a big coaching change. And after that, you have all these new teammates. So within the past 12 months, like there was just this big element of change. Like, did was that, was it easy for you to adjust to having these new talented faces around you? And then being at Nationals, your team was like in contention for like a podium spot.
1: Yeah, um, obviously we we faced a lot of adversity this year and things didn't go the way that we thought they would be, but honestly just so proud of how we handled it and um, the resilience of our team and everything. But yes, um, the change definitely was hard, the, like the coaching change, the team change, everything. I'm also, I'm not a big fan of change. So at first it was very rough, but once I accepted the fact that it happened for a reason, it all worked out in the end. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because when you even described it, I think it may have been like at the press conference or some someone else like maybe asked you that you know what was that like going from like Coach Chris Slensky to Coach Will Palmer, and you described it as tough. I guess what made it so challenging?
1: Um, just like well, first of all, I wasn't really expecting Slensky to leave (laughs) at that time, and so it was kind of just like right before Christmas break, it was like oh no coach, and I was like oh this is good. And then once he came, I was excited because I was like, he recruited me actually out of high school and I looked at Bama. And so I was excited. Obviously, he had been very accomplished in what he did at Bama and led his play team to a third place finish at nationals and had national champion mercy. And yeah, he's very he knows what he's doing. When I tell you it's he's scarily good at what he does. It took me a while to accept that, but like. he's very good at what he does, (laughs) but yes, it was just like, at first it was just like, I was, didn't know what to do because I was, didn't like change and it took us a while, but eventually, obviously it worked out one, two national titles so far with him, and just keep on going.
0: Yeah. It was a little part of you realizing that, okay, because of like these changes, you know, there's new people coming in. You're going to be looked to as like a leader, at least like on the distance squad, does being a leader come naturally to you? Or was that also something that you had to learn?
1: Um, I don't know if I'd say I'm a leader, but like I, it, it definitely is something you have to learn, but I've obviously looked up to the girls on my team since my freshman year and just like gradually worked my way up and just like use what I've learned to teach the rest of the people on the team. And yeah,
0: it. At the swamp, like it must be easy when you're just surrounded by like all these super talented athletes, like your teammates with Anna Hall and Jasmine Moore. And what is that like, I guess, for you? And how much did that play a factor initially in choosing Florida as like the place that you're like, OK, this is where I want to make a name for myself?
1: No, yeah, that originally was obviously like they weren't here when I first chose this school, but I did choose this school, like mostly because I wanted to be part of something bigger than just myself. And like our track team, obviously, is like the best, of the, like one of the best in the nation. And so just being surrounded by all those great people every single day really like raises the bar and like brings you brings out your best self.
0: I have to ask, were you a big Corey McGee fan? Like, I guess, like growing up because oh, nah. <laughs> of course, and Honestly, I've seen yeah. I like the relationship. I guess I see through social media. It's like anytime you do something great, like she shouts you out and all that stuff. So there is sort of like that connection between generations of Gators.
1: Oh, definitely. For sure. Once again,
0: so, <laughs> yeah. At the Florida Relays, when like alums come, like what is that sort of like for you? I guess to see some of those people. It's like, oh, you know, the program was good then and we're we're still holding it down for for the team.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. It just like makes you want to be the best that you can be, just to, like represent the Gator Nation.
0: All right. I want to break down the race in Charlottesville a bit because it was epic to watch and a lot of people really enjoyed it so have you gone back to like rewatch it was this the type of thing that you threw on the tv like during thanksgiving
1: okay well no my not me my parents did definitely my parents watched that on repeat with my neighbors um but no i actually didn't watch it i was like i don't want to watch that race again uh i didn't watch it until i think it was Friday during my cross train, I was really bored, and so I turned it on and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool."
0: Okay, we're definitely gonna talk it very, about.
1: Why it was a very good broadcast, like the oh, It was
0: really scary,
1: good. I liked like the, the double screens, every everything about it, I loved it
0: it makes you really think it's like, how did we air even like the whole entire men's 10k without commercials. And then when it comes to like a 5k outdoors, like it's interrupted, but we somehow found a way to do it for cross country.
1: <laughs> Whenever I go back and watch any like 5k race, they all have the the interruptions. I'm like, where's this part of the race?
0: <laughs> so coming into this one, everyone, including Sidious Mag, we're guilty. We're hyping this thing up to be you versus caitlin tui and we have to do that because it's like you know that's how you garner interest in the races that's how you make it interesting it was last year's winner versus last year's runner-up you know we saw what happened in wisconsin for you being one of the key players in sort of that storyline are you aware of just how much people are talking about it or do you find a way to tune out tune out all of that noise
1: Oh, I'm very much, I was very much so aware, Um, so much to the point that I did, I actually deleted all my social media, like, a, I think a week before the race, because I was just like, this is too much. Like, I just need to focus on myself at this point. And I like, it doesn't matter what other people are saying. Like, I didn't want it to like get to my head too much.
0: So even before the race, like during the press conference that was, that was out there, Elise Stearns was like the one I think who made the comment who said like, it's good to have like these rivalries in the sport. And so she was talking like NAU, NC State, you know, on the individual side, you versus Caitlin, how do you sort of characterize sort of that relationship that the two of you have? Like, is it a mutual respect for one another? Because I even think about it it's like, in track, it's just the hardest thing is like, no one actually hates each other. And there's, you know with these rivalries of sorts it's a level of respect you know on in competition and the two of you hugged like after the race in wisconsin
1: yeah no i have the uh, like utmost respect for her she is like by far the most talented athlete that i've like i've looked up to her since high school like it's an honor honestly to be like compared to her like at this level like yeah
0: (laughs) what was the biggest takeaway for you from wisconsin to kind of set up the national championships like was it just, you know, your tactics of just going out hard and running from the front, you know, finally worked? Was it realizing your fitness was maybe better than you expected in those tough conditions? Or like, was it a confidence thing, I guess, or a combination of all that stuff? What were When you left Madison, like, what were you thinking about? Like your own sort of individual title chances?
1: Um. Well, like my coach told me, like, <laughs> I was, we didn't even know if I was going to race Wisconsin at that point. And cause I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like my confidence is like, not like up there at that point, it was just kind of, and then he, my coach was just like, I know you're fit and there's, you have nothing to lose from this race. Like, it's just like a first in season race. And I, yeah, I took from that. Just, I just got a little bit of, I mean, got confidence from it, but I also just started trusting my coach at that point that, and if I just went out there and had fun and that it would all work out and it did.
0: That morning when you wake up and see, like, I guess the weather forecast in Madison, what are you thinking as a Florida girl?
1: Um, everyone, They asked me that in the, in the after race interview there, too. I was like, I mean, everyone's running in the same conditions. Like, we train in heat and humidity every day. Can't get much worse than that. So honestly, it was nice to run in the cold for once.
0: And we also need to, like, set the record straight. Like, people peg you as a florida girl but you've got northeast roots
1: yeah no i'm born and raised in northeast i'm not <laughs> i mean i guess i've lived in florida for seven years now but yeah no i am from the northeast
0: all right so at the national championships the gun goes off and it takes you a while to get to the front how at that point do you keep your cool Cause I'm assuming your race plan was just the same as Wisconsin get to the front and, and go, but it was a little bit bunched up and you were behind the leaders for a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, my race didn't plan, last long. <laughs> my, my race plan from my coach was to just like trust my gut and my instincts and like stay, obviously you can't do much if you're boxed in. And the same thing happened last year at nationals too. <laughs> I think it took me a K last year to get out to but I guess I didn't have that quick reaction off the start line. And then within a few seconds, I was like, well, I'm going to be here for a little bit. And I was just like, I not you can't do anything at that point because we were in the middle box too. It's not like we were on the outside box. I was probably in like 200th place or something, but I just like slowly worked my way up. And I think I got out of there and like, I think it was 900 meters in. It was almost at a K because at a K I was at the front.
0: Yeah. Um I'm curious like when you sit down with coach maybe the night before the race how do those kind of race plans come together like is he are you just basically listening and saying like all right he's telling me to do this that's what I'll do or do you also give some of your input being like hey I think this is what I took away from last year maybe we try this how does it what kind of an athlete are you in that sense
1: Um I just listened to everything that he says. I was that I honestly probably I I I was not confident in my abilities. Like I, you could ask him. I was like, I don't know. I don't think I can do this like after what happened last year. Like but yeah, no, I trust what he said and he just said, make your last 2K your best 2K and I did. And it worked out. He was right. When
0: does that self-doubt start to like go away? Because once you do get to the front, it's like your foot is on the gas and you start to pour it on and pour it on. And anyone could have like, why I I've been mean, watching that race. It just sort of like, if you were in control. So even in those moments, are those little doubts creeping in?
1: Uh, Well, once the gun goes off, like there's nothing you can do. Like at that point, it's you're in the race. You can't, you can't have self-doubt in the race, but no, I was just like, if I make, if I listen to my coach and I have something left for the last two K, like, I believe that I keep, he, he said I could do it. So I knew I could do it.
0: Did you ever realize like just how much you were up by? Because at one point, like they have like the, the, you know, the big leaderboard and you can, in you, at one of the points where like people are passing by, like, did you ever like peak or was it just sort of like, no, like, no. I'm just,
1: I didn't know where, where was there a leaderboard? I didn't know. So that didn't It was anything. like where
0: the stage was ha- So where that stage was and like, there was that one turn. And they're like, you've got fans on like both sides, This the all American stage, like there were these screens set up and people could watch the race and they could also see like, you know, they had the results or it's like the time between you and like the next person, which at one point got up to like 30 plus seconds. And when they're showing like the ESPN broadcast, the drone shots were just like the coolest part because that's really where it showed the gap. But you were like totally unaware of like to you. Did you feel like they were close at any point?
1: No, I just trusted that they were close and that I needed to keep going. (laughs) I honestly just wanted to get to that finish line as fast as I could.
0: In the race, do you realize kind of like, all right, I'm in the zone. Then like, this is, this is going well. Uh, I I guess that might've been the feel up until like the side stitch happens. Cause like you, you were progressively getting better as it went along.
1: Yeah. I I felt pretty good until, until I, crossed at 5k and I looked at the clock and then all of a sudden I was like oh I'm I side stitch don't know what i supposed to do it's like this has never happened before I was like well you only have a k left you could do anything for three minutes
0: that side stitch how painful was it and and like that's another moment where it's like you can't panic like even though it's never happened before you have to keep your cool and hold it together
1: oh yeah so true There was nothing I could do <laughs> I was like do it for your team do it for your team
0: and it lasted all the way until after, like, I don't understand how, like, even after the race, the side stitch was still there up until like, you got the interview, <laughs> like right so before bad. the broadcast.
1: I was like, somebody <laughs> give me water. I couldn't stand, like, I was going to try to find my teammates and I was like, I need to sit down. It was so bad. But eventually- of
0: all the races this season. So like, I'm thinking, you know, Nuttycomb, SEC, regionals, was this the toughest one? And just like, how taxed did you feel after the race?
1: in different aspects each race was very different i'd say i felt the best this year at Nuttycombe, despite the conditions um secs i think i i underestimated that course it doesn't look as hard as it was but there was like just like loose sand all over it i don't know i definitely underestimated that one and might have went out a little too hard on that one uh but the regionals, was just, that was, we just used that as a training race. That was just hard because we were in flats and it was like just the- very, very hilly course, even though it was our own golf course. But then nationals was, it was, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it took so much so like out of me. It was just like the side stitch and yeah, that was really, really, that last hill really got me. But yeah, I don't know. It didn't like kill me.
0: Was it more painful? I guess is the 1530 in Austin more painful than that race?
1: Ooh,
0: Austin was just so hot.
1: Austin was very, very hot. I wouldn't say either was so painful. I wasn't like 100% in Austin. So maybe that one was worse. But yeah, very so, really compare. They're two completely different races.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite cross country course?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I really liked Wisco, actually. That was a very, very good course. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say that was probably my favorite. That i well, hosting
0: watched. nationals next year. So like that's Got a, it. Yeah. Huh. Um, so it'd be a cool one to defend your title if that's if that's, you know, down the road. We're also brought to you by Olipop. We've been pounding Olipop for months now, and our gut health has never been better. We know all the trepidation that runners have had for years about drinking soda. Olipop calls itself a new kind of soda. Whether you're a runner, a fitness enthusiast, or just someone who wants to make better choices, Olipop is the perfect drink for you. Olipop is a low-sugar, low-calorie beverage that's packed with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers that nourish your microbiome and supports digestive health. It comes in a variety of tasty flavors like vintage cola, strawberry vanilla, lemon lime, and banana cream. Back in May, there was actually a report that Olipop's root beer flavor is the number one best-selling single-serve root beer. Now, they're coming for the top spot in a new flavor category, ginger ale. Give it a try today. I've got a couple in my fridge, and of course, it's delicious. Sidious Mag Podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code sidious 25 at checkout when they visit drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and other retailers. So next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Feel free to tag us and tag drinkolipop on your Instagram stories. We love reposting those. drinkolipop.com code sidious 25 all right so that's the national championship what were you aware sort of as to like the team race after that because it's like you cross the finish line and i remember seeing this it's like you hit the ground you've got like your teammate i was a flamina i think who crossed not that long afterwards you find her you guys hug and then i remember it was sort of like you both have to just like sit down it was just like you guys were so tired but then slowly but surely like everyone's calculating team scores. When does your attention sort of shift from like, okay, I got my part done, but like, how did the rest of the team go? So what are those moments afterwards?
1: No. Yeah. The moment I crossed the finish line, I was like, where's everyone else? Um, But yeah, I think it, I was, I think I walked up to my trainer trying to ask how to get rid of a side stitch and (laughs) I was like, check your phone. Like, what's the team score at? Because there was no like boards or anything. I was like, and there was no
0: cell phone service. Everyone is kind yeah. of screwed. <laughs> so
1: that's she said. She said she was like, I don't have service, and I was like, What do you mean you don't have service? Like, pull up the results. Um, but no, yeah, I think eventually someone someone said it, and then I was like, oh, okay, and I didn't realize that um, Maz had dropped out at that point, but yeah. yeah, still got it. Still got it done. Still got it.
0: Yeah. So. That's the the NCA Championships. I'm sort of curious to kind of lend a little bit of background. Growing up, you like were you the type of girl in high school who had these dreams of at the college level? I want to win an NCA title, maybe down the road become a professional runner, or has that avenue for success kind of just come within the last couple of years based off of you know your your performances in this rapid rise that you've had
1: um I wouldn't I would say maybe I started with those dreams like probably like my junior senior year of high school when I started like getting good but I was a I played lacrosse up until my sophomore year of high school and so no I had no dreams of going to college for running or even like I didn't even know professional running was a thing to be honest I was so set on going to college for lacrosse um but yeah eventually like Year after year, those dreams became more of like a reality. And it's honestly so surreal at this point.
0: Was that hard for you? I guess at one point having to be like, all right, I'm going to leave the lacrosse dreams aside and running is going to be the thing
1: yeah actually funny story I well I had to choose my high school coach like and my mom also was like it's too much like you can't be playing lacrosse and doing track at the same time in high school because like practices like conflict and like it was just too much on the body and so I actually broke my ankle playing lacrosse and I was like you know what you can't get hurt running (laughs) little did I know (laughs) um uh, but yeah then I eventually chose running and the rest is history (laughs)
0: 10 years ago, people were going crazy over Mary Kane in high school. And I was like one of the people who like helped start that Kane sanity is what we call it. Anytime like there was like a big moment. And now you've got sort of like your own fan base okay, that
1: right? love. What's that? She was in New York and you're in New York. That yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, you know, root for East coasters and, and New York. Like I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan. So New York, everything for me. Um, I'm
1: a Red Sox fan. Oh man. All right.
0: Well, this is a good podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and so Kane sanity was a thing when, when she would do something great, people would hashtag it, people would go nuts. Now there's Valby mania. Like that's, that's the phrase that everyone's thrown around. How do you define what Valby mania is?
1: what valve mania is people will randomly bring it up i'm like who started this like i would love to know who started this
0: i think it's a let's run thing like i think it started there and
1: i think we renamed that let's hate
0: that place can be a bit toxic from time to time
1: yeah
0: um all right so you also talked about you and caitlin during the pre-race press conference about like those moments when You have like a girl from high school or even younger than that, like, look, it's saying that they look up to you. Do you remember, I guess, the first time that that ever happened? And like, what's that like, you know, being a role model to people at such a young age, like you're only 21.
1: Yeah, no, I honestly, I was just telling my friend at least this the other day, like, it kind of scares me. I'm like, the fact that, like, people are looking up to me is terrifying. I was like, I like, I definitely do not have my life figured out, nor do I. Feel like i'm like a leader or a model but no it's honestly like so surreal like i yeah i can't even put into words how much it means to me having little girls look up to me and like tell me that
0: have you signed an autograph or a couple yeah what's that like because <laughs> it's like you the first time you're just sort of like is my signature like good enough for for this?
1: Yeah, I think the first time I did I like looked at my dad and I was like I'm going to need to work on my signature because at this point I'm just kind of scribbling my name.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's you you better get used to it cuz like you're far from the years removed of just sort of like a lot of people will be at although nowadays I feel like autographs have gone away a bit. And it's all about the selfie. Like everyone wants a
1: a selfie. I don't, I don't even know how many selfies I took at nationals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So we've dragged the people listening to this long enough because one of the biggest things in asking for Instagram questions, everyone wants to dive into training for a little bit with you. It's the number one thing. Uh, ever since, I guess, like those clips went viral after the press conference. And so to recap it and to we can add some context to it. You said you run two to three days a week and the highest mileage during the buildup to the cross-country championships was about 30-ish miles. So let's let's unpack this and add context because I'm sure there's so much out there that people are just presuming and like are getting totally wrong so for starters let's define what those two or three days are like is it easy runs are you counting workout days and it's all part of this isn't really all that new like you've been a low mileage person for quite some time now
1: yeah, no, I mean, it's not like I'm jogging those days or it's not like I'm cross training easily. I think people like underestimate what I'm doing. Um, like obviously, like, I don't think like when I cross train like there are puddles of sweat on the floor. To the point that like our south our recreational center has to put out wet floor signs because I sweat that much. <laughs> and they one time they put out a um, out of order sign on my machine because they thought that the machine was leaking, <laughs> little did they know it was my sweat. Um, but no, I, yeah, obviously like the workout days are quality miles and that's where all the miles come in are the workout days. And then the easy run days are the ones that I cross training.
0: So a normal week, let's, let's start with Monday. (laughs) What is what, like, what would Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday look like?
1: Um, Monday's cross training, sometimes double, sometimes it, it depends on the week. Like if we have a meet or like what, like, Let's say,
0: let's say no meat. This is a training week. There's no meat for, you know, coming up, you know, within the next week.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll do a cross train double on Monday. Tuesday is typically a track workout or a grass workout, depending on the, whatever, what what we have coming up. Um, So that'll be running on the ground that day. And then Wednesday will be cross train single Thursday. Some weeks we have workouts, some weeks we don't, depending on if we're working out on Saturday. Um, and then Friday would be a cross-train double. Saturday would either be workout or off or cross-train, depending on the week. And then Sunday's either off if we didn't go off Saturday and then, or Sunday's cross-train. But Saturday okay. can be workout.
0: The cross-training sessions. How hard are we going in for how long? <laughs>
1: I mean, depends, depends if we're doing the double or not.
0: And it's always arc trainer or how do you diversify it?
1: Um, I've got arc trainer. Sometimes I aqua jog in the pool. Um, yeah. Like when I was doing my sophomore year, when I was coming back from my broken foot, I would aqua, I, until I could, cause I wasn't allowed to be weight bearing. It's so like, I would like solely like aqua jog every day. And yeah, that worked honestly wonders. I mean, I ran 15, 20 off of it, <laughs> but it's- yeah.
0: It's incredible. I mean, in this era when people are double threshold training and all this different stuff, like you found a way to do it differently and something that works for you. And so it is like I, I, I see why people are so interested in your training. Like, what is the weirdest question you've gotten about your training?
1: I don't know, but I really do think that people like underestimate. like when I'm like cross training, like I am working hard. Like I'm it's not an easy like not trying. Personally, like running to me is so much easier than cross training. That's how like, like much I'm working cross training, but like it works. I think a lot of people like overwork themselves and the body needs rest.
0: In these cross training sessions, like what are you doing to distract your brain? Like, I guess in one instance, you watch the cross country race, but what most of the time, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Sometimes I'll pull up, but like it, sometimes I'll pull up like YouTube videos or but usually I'll just like blast my music on full volume. <laughs> Probably not good for my eardrums, honestly, at this point. But no, yeah, I blast it full volume and tune out all the noise. Yeah, like when if people walk up behind me or like, like I'll get scared. Like sometimes my teammates will walk up and like it'll terrify me because my music is so loud that like I literally cannot hear anything. But yeah, it's just, I just listen to music.
0: Can you pull up your... Cross-training playlist. I'm so curious. Like, what is what does this consist of?
1: Um I can try to find it.
0: Also, is it like four hours long?
1: <laughs> no, I don't listen to just like one. uh the most we really cross-train at once is like 60 to 70. Like I don't okay. really go over that in a session unless it's like a longer and then I'll do like 90. But let's see. Depends on the day.
0: All right. So what what do we start off with? Like, does it typically start off slower? Like, are we, and and then?
1: Absolutely not. No, it's immediately into the, into the good songs.
0: (laughs) You're getting your heart rate up right away.
1: Uh, Well, okay. That's one thing I do struggle with is getting my heart rate up. (laughs) So I do have to like, be like, it takes at least like 20 minutes for me to get my heart rate up.
0: All right, What are the first couple songs like? Or I'm assuming you have to do shuffle, or else at, at some I point, do, I
1: do shuffle. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, the number one song is More by Usher. Okay, um, Sexy Biatch, I Don't Curse by David, David, <laughs> David Guetta. Yep, yeah, yeah, that one. Um, Without You by the same guy. Um, Where Them Girls At. All right, I don't know, a good, a good David i don't know david (laughs) getta david getta been on a kick of him uh play hard by him
0: you've got like a solid like 2010s like playlist going
1: oh all my life shout out to flamina for that one okay by j cole um fly by Nicki minaj yeah can't give away all my songs though
0: no that's that's a secret you have to keep some things a secret (laughs) Um, did you ever realize, I guess, like, you know, with 30 miles a week being like a sweet spot that like high mileage just doesn't work for you? Like, has, was there ever an experimental period where you're like, all right, 50 miles, I'm breaking down.
1: Um, no, actually my, well, there's a whole like backstory, but like at one point I was at like 60, 65 miles with Zelensky. That's when I broke my foot. Um, and that's when I discovered cross training. Like I had never cross trained before that. So I guess I would say I was at that my sophomore year, like November, December, January. And then that's when I got hurt. And then I went down and stayed down.
0: Was there a point when like Will comes in to coach and then like you have to kind of explain like, listen, I'm a little bit different of an athlete. I only run two to three days a week.
1: Um, well, I feel like he, he, I, he knew a little bit of a background coming in, but yeah, we obviously had a chat at the start. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is totally unique where your teammates are probably what they're, they are running like five or six days a week.
1: Oh yeah. No, all my teammates are.
0: Yeah. but um,
1: like, like a lot of them will like for our doubles, a lot of them do cross train. It's honestly so nice to have them like cross train with me.
0: So before we move into some listener questions, just really quick. Like Doris Lemon Goal, she ran 1440 last year for 5K or earlier this year for 5K. You've now beat her twice. Like, is there a little part of you? I mean, training's different, cross country and track. Like it's not a one-for-one translation, but is there any part of you that's like, oh, wow, like maybe I can go that fast down the road. Like this first 5K you got coming up at BU, you told me before we started recording, it's like, no, it's not going to be, a record attempt like we're not it, it, this is about qualifying for ncaa's yeah. but down the road i guess like <laughs> the five what's that
1: it's solely just to get to ncaa's to help my team
0: yeah
1: like so I then to out this down the road.
0: do you ever think of like hey what's the fastest i can go
1: i mean yeah of course <laughs> but i think the sky's the limit and i just got to take it day by day and keep trusting my coach and keep progressing
0: do you think the five k is your your best event or like your favorite event? Or I mean, you you've got a really strong three k pr. Your mile pr is a little outdated.
1: But I haven't run a mile since-, I know, since I've gotten to college. Yeah.
0: Yeah, since 2019.
1: I, I run on a um DMR, but like I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I am not i not i do not see myself as a mile. <laughs> so you're
0: a five k girly, girly for. That. Yeah,
1: like the three k distance is like fun. I've only done it a few times, but I like it. Yeah, and I've never, I've never done anything different than a five k outdoors. But hopefully this year we'll throw some, some things in the mix. Really? Yeah. Do you know what so it's... I, my post Steeple season?
0: Oh. Okay, I didn't see that. I mi- I totally missed that.
1: Oh. Well, yeah, it might be Steeple season.
0: What. Ex- what what excites you about that?
1: Steeple season? It's just like yeah. so, something different, you know? You get to throw in some little distractions in the race.
0: Yeah. You're used to the water because of all the cross-training in the pool.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, I swam for like 14 years of my life, basically.
0: That'll come in handy when you're steepling. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's let's dive into some of these listener questions that were submitted. They're pretty rapid fire. Christina Malloy or Christina Molly asks. Any superstitions before a race?
1: Ooh, not really. Honestly, I've gotten a lot better with those. Besides, I take an Epsom salt bath before every race.
0: Okay, it's not same playlist before warm ups or anything like that.
1: Oh no, I do have a, I do have a playlist I listen to before warm ups, but
0: that's not, different from the cross training playlist.
1: It is different from the cross. It's solely for race day. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, Jeremiah Delacerda asks. Why do you wear a band around your arm when you race? I noticed that too.
1: Okay. It's, it's a hair tie. Um, okay. And just because I don't want it on my wrist, honestly. So my, uh, I think it was two years ago at uh, SECs, they give us the, the wristbands that you have to wear to get in and it didn't fit around my wrist. And so I put it on the top of my arm right here. And I, Anna, Anna did the same thing, it's, but Anna, Anna was doing it with her hair tie and so we've just started a thing that's like our armband, but it's really just a hair tie.
0: All right. I like it. It's the tiniest thing that like I'm sure a handful of people notice and they're like, huh, what's and that they all about?
1: So many questions. They're like, what is around her arm?
0: So yeah. Is that of- is that a heart rate monitor or what is it doing anything special? No, it's just, no, just, just a hair. hair tie.
1: has <laughs> gotta throw up the hair.
0: <laughs> Gabriel Weigert asks, favorite shoe. You've got the NIL deal with Nike. What's is your free plug? What's your favorite shit?
1: That's a that's a like broad question. Like, are we talking like training, racing?
0: Look, take us through your shoe rotation.
1: I train in the pegs, I believe the peg forties, and then do workouts in what do they call it? The Vaporfly threes, and then race in the dragonflies. So I guess that's okay. my shoe rotation. And Then obviously I have a bunch of fun shoes I wear, but I don't know the names of all of those.
0: <laughs> Irene Riggs. She popped into the DMs, oh, asks, her. Any, has any strength training helped with injury prevention? Good question from Irene.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, go to, going to PT has helped a lot and just getting stronger in the weight room, honestly. Yes. Lift your weights, kids.
0: <laughs> Are you ever in the weight room at the same time as someone like Anna? Because like <laughs> oh, I see her Instagram stories and I'm like, wow. I mean, it's just impressive every single time.
1: Well, no. Yeah. She can lift like five times as much as I can, but <laughs> yes, we are, we're in there together and she amazes me every day by what she can lift.
0: Winona Lee asks, how do you get through a 90 minute elliptical or indoor trainer or just a 90 minute cross-training session? I guess you said you max out at 70.
1: Right? Well, I, I've done nine. It's like for long runs, I'll do 90. Um, but that's almost
0: like a full movie, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't keep me like occupied though. I don't know. I or not occupied. It would definitely keep me occupied, but not like working out to my full extreme. You know what I mean? So basically, I just blast like blast music on full volume. I don't know. It works for me. <laughs> That's how I, I love I it. Occupied.
0: <laughs> Carson Potter asks, "What was your high school mileage, and were you already cross training a bunch then too?"
1: No, I didn't know what cross training was until about two years ago. <laughs> um, but no, I don't honestly no but my high school mileage probably it was so different every year (laughs) probably like probably in the 30s maybe really okay yeah i don't i don't know i honestly don't remember i didn't run that much
0: (laughs) (laughs) um eon k45 asks what's your favorite thing about training in gainesville go gators
1: probably being surrounded by people like Anna and Grant and all the amazing athletes every day.
0: We've seen sort of like those videos of like Anna hurdling at the same time as Grant and like these little races, like, have you ever thought like, all right, me versus someone else would be really fun. Like, is there a hypothetical matchup between any of the other former Gators or current Gators that you'd be like, Oh, you know, I could, be competitive in a 200 against that person or something.
1: Definitely not a 200. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I honestly haven't really thought about
0: that. Fair enough. It's fine. You just stick stick to what works for you right now. Um Sh- Sasha Kelly asks, "What advice do you have for transitioning between high school and college running?"
1: Um don't be so hard on yourself and don't compare yourself to other people. That was probably one of the hardest things coming from uh, high school to college and just, yeah. I mean, I also came in during COVID. So it was also a rough time for that too, but yeah, just, that's
0: just, right. I always forget about that. Just sort of like how weird, like the start of your college career probably was
1: so weird. So strange. Also it was just like, yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> Philly B steak asked, does she plan on preparing for the Olympic trials? I mean, like for you, I guess this, this would be your first like senior U.S. championship and it's the Olympic trials, no biggie.
1: <laughs> nah, just another meet, yeah. just another race. But yeah, I mean, obviously the goal is to be there.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'll just scroll through and see if there were any last minute ones that came in. I think that was for the most part it. So to close it out, my, my question is what's got you excited or optimistic about 2024 like we're putting a bow on this year it was really good for you with the 5k title the cross country title a bunch of PRs now we turn to an olympic year i guess what's got you really excited about either the sport but also just like your own potential
1: yeah no i'm just excited to keep progressing and honestly just having fun with the sport i have a lot to look forward to and i'm super excited to do it with my teammates and my coaches yeah. awesome Hopefully it's a
0: good year all right parker well thanks so much for for doing this i appreciate uh you taking the time and hopefully after bu you get like a little bit of time off to celebrate i guess all of the things
1: yeah no i mean i already took a little bit of time off after uh nationals but yeah no definitely looking forward to that break
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit cityofsmack.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.